The Cincinnati Bengals are off on Tuesday, but they did put out their first official depth chart of the year, and there's a roster move, plus a mailbag question to catch up on, which I think is very interesting, asking, what does Zach Taylor need to do to improve in 2023? You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We come to you covering your team every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And this week is game week, which means we get a first official depth chart. Not a whole lot to talk about there, but some interesting tidbits and some interesting conversation that the depth chart always kicks off. You can find this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Please, we really appreciate it if you do, become a first listener, join that first listen club, make us your first listen every day, become an everydayer. We really appreciate all of you who make us a part of your lives that way to stay up to date on everything going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. And today's episode brought to you by Game Time, where you can create an account and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. James, we've got a depth chart. It more or less looks like the preseason depth chart with some names removed. What do you think? Yeah, I think that the biggest difference and one that Zach Taylor can can say or dress up or do whatever when it comes to Joe Burrow's status for Sunday, but there's no parentheses around number nine, and he's entrenched right there as QB1, and so while the the extension talks and rumors and speculation rolls on and people are wondering, oh, well, why, why wouldn't he commit to Joe Burrow playing? We're reminded by the first official depth chart that Joe Burrow will play on Sunday. And I know it doesn't say it on there, but that's what I read when I saw nine in Joe Burrow. I was thinking about this this morning with NFL Network reporters saying that he's on track to play and picking apart Zach Taylor's press conference. And we've yeah. been saying he's going to play in week one for a pretty long time, or at least strongly hinting at that, you know, no setbacks. He's on track to play week one for a long time. And this morning I was sitting there like, man, what if what if he doesn't play? How much crow will we have to eat? I'm happy to to face those consequences, you know, if, if or set ourselves up to face those consequences, I guess is what I mean to say. Like, I, I don't feel like we're taking a huge risk here, but I was just thinking, like, there's not much that we've been so confident in occurring at, so far ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But imagine, you know, something, I don't know. There, there's maybe like no. a, what, 0.01% chance, like, He's going to play. Not if something else doesn't happen. So much like I say, I'm going to be at at the game on Sunday. Well, it, are there possibilities or paths in my life to where I don't end up at the game? Sure. But I'm comfortable saying that, and it's the same thing with Joe Burrow. Right. Are there paths? Sure. We don't have to go down those roads because you could say that about all 48 that are going to be active on Sunday, all 53 on the roster. You could go to the 16 practice squad members, even the the newest guy that we'll talk about in a bit, right? So 
I, I agree with you though. Like I get it. I, I, I also think it would be pretty shocking that there wouldn't be much crow to be fed uh, or eaten or whatever you want to say. Um, I, I'll stick to um, everyone's favorite protein bar. That said, I do think that this step chart is interesting because of the third third running back role or third down running back or passing down running back, whatever you want to say, the Samaj P. Ryan role that we've talked a lot about. I look at this depth chart, Jake, and obviously Joe Mixon is the starter. Travion Williams listed as the backup. Here's the interesting part of this. Everyone that, that's listened has heard what I've said about Chase Brown. I think he's very much in the mix and will be active on Sunday. Well, this is interesting because if you look at the special teams line, starting kickoff returner is Chris Evans. Travion Williams isn't even the backup. He's the third stringer behind Charlie Jones. So if this depth chart is accurate, either I'm way off in eating crow and there's only three running backs active and it's not my, my guy Chase Brown, and I say my guy because I said he would be active, or they're going to keep four active, which is something they didn't do last year. Seems like four active for week one. That's that's what it seems like. That assumes the depth chart isn't lying, which who knows? It, it doesn't have any obligation to tell the truth. It is not under oath. It is a an obligation that the Bengals have to publish. I think their their media arm puts it out. Uh, obviously, they get some input from the coaches. They're not just guessing, but. Um, it, it does not need to adhere. The, the Bengals do not need to adhere to the depth chart. So if Travion Williams ends up being the guy that is returning kicks on Sunday and Chase Brown isn't up for his first game and he's up for the rest of the season after that or whatever it is, however it works out, that shouldn't be a terribly huge surprise. I don't know if I'm buying that Charlie Jones is the second kickoff returner. Do you, do you oh, think he is? I, I think it would go Evans and Travion Williams. Both of them were pretty good at it last year. Maybe. Maybe. I I think it's interesting. You know, and, and so there's the argument. If you're comfortable with Travion returning kicks, why have Evans active? I, I think it's a question. Charlie Jones didn't return a, a kickoff in the preseason. And in the preseason, he was also listed as number two on kickoff returns. He didn't return a kickoff. I, I get it. I honestly, kickoffs. I don't even think it's that. Get someone back there that's going to get you to the twenty-five. Yeah, like that's that's kind of where I'm at on kickoffs, anyways. With the fair so catch, a lot of guys rule? could do that. Would you say? With the fair catch rule, you don't yeah. even have to take a touchback anymore. That's what I mean. Like, it's just a punt. Essentially. Now there's decision making in there and Darren Simmons would rip me for simplifying it to that to that level. At the same time, I do wonder, I wonder if if Chris Evans isn't a part of the game plan on offense and he's just more of a reserve, is it really worth it to make him active for kickoff return? Like my I'll answer it. No. So either they want some insurance as a, a pass blocker, or they liked enough of what they've seen that they plan on maybe getting him involved, whether it's as a pass catcher or between the tackles as a running back or hand him the ball, whatever the case is. If he can't be a part of the offensive game plan, you can find someone else to kick return. And I do agree with this depth chart 
that Travion Williams likely to get the first crack at that passing down roll. Yeah, that seemed somewhat writing on the wall for, for a few weeks here now. Uh, mm -hmm. Since he started to get healthy, the vibe was very much that will continue to be a competition. And they seem to think that Travion, despite not having the opportunity to do it in the preseason, is going to be that guy for them. They, they really like his progress in that area. Could be very hard for Chris Evans to be a game day active. If he's not returning kicks, they don't feel, and we've talked about this three times in the last week. Well, he's probably returning kicks if he's active. If he's active, yes. But, but he's do you not, need him to? He's yeah. not playing a ton of the coverage teams. In the preseason, he had a, a he he was on punt coverage teams seven times. So he's playing on punt coverage teams, but he's not out there on the kickoff coverage team. Punt protector, though. I guess you could put battle there. And that could be that. It could be as simple as he's he's the punt protector. He's going to return kicks. He's a, a depth piece of running back that can do things for you, especially in sub packages where they split them out wide. That could be enough. But that will be – I can't believe we're talking about this for the third time. That will be one of the more interesting activation decisions on this team when it comes yeah. to, to week one. Yeah, I think – I can believe it because it's one of the big question marks. We have a lot of the answers. I mean, we do. It's it's more so, hey, is, well, when is Burrow signing on that dotted line and who in the world is going to pass block for him? at that running back spot. <laughs> those right. are the questions. Now I know there's more and we could get into T and all of those things, but we've talked a lot about those topics this week. Make sure you follow wherever you get your podcast and subscribe on YouTube to check out those shows. That said, we need to get to the newest member of the Cincinnati Bengals because their practice squad is filled. They had 15 guys. Now it's up to 16. According to Tom Pelissero of NFL network, we will discuss the newest member of the Bengals practice squad coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. No matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price you'll love. So whether you're like Jake Lisko and you're rocking the beard and you just need to trim up that neckline, or you're like me and you need a razor that's going to keep you looking smooth for game day, Harry's is the place to go. Get better quality and a better price than other razors when you get Harry's delivered right to your door. It includes... And this this is their starter step starter set, excuse me, by the way. It's the best value out right now. It's a $13 value. You're gonna get it for three bucks. One, two, three bucks. And it includes a five-blade German engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, a travel cover, which is huge for someone like me that's happening to be traveling this weekend to Cleveland. And yes, you wanna shave on game day the morning before the game. Schedule delivery for refills as low as two dollars, half of what you pay for other blades. Get your best shave this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Like I said, you can get that $13 starter set for just $3. All you have to do is go to harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL today to get that starter set. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. Get it today. A new member has joined the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad as the Bengals continue to shop around the AFC North for their former players and add them to the practice squad. In addition to Demetric Felton, Demetric Felton, how do we decide his name is pronounced? I'm going to say Demetric. Demetric Felton. The Bengals have added Zach Gentry 
from a former Pittsburgh Steeler has played actually a lot for the Steelers in the last two years, going over a thousand snaps for his career has been used more as a blocker in his career than as a receiver, but has made some noteworthy catches against the Bengals. You might remember in week one last year, had a couple of catches against the Bengals. He is a, a big bodied tight end, either 265 or 285, depending on which number is, is accurate and what he currently weighs, but a very, very large body at the position with a track record of usage and film that suggests he is Drew Sample depth. He is practice squad Drew Sample, and it's not a bad piece to have. That's a piece that we've kind of, of wondered where that depth would be for that position. Mitch Wilcox certainly can do some of that, not quite as, as big of a body, mm-hmm. and adding Gentry in that role. And there's some highlights that have been tweeted by a, a few members of Bengals Twitter uh, on Tuesday can, can do something for you as a blocker and has a ton of experience doing so for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this division. I love it. Or I like it a lot or whatever GIF you want to use GIF for Gentry. I like this practice squad move and it's, it's funny. We'd spent a lot of the off season talking about tight end, answering tight end questions. And naturally given that they lost Aiden Hurst and free agency. You had question marks around the position. They didn't take a tight end in the draft after plenty of interest in some of these prospects. I think their tight end room going into camp to today is about as good as you could have imagined it being. And let me just be very clear here. I get it. It's not going to be a huge position of strength, but I'm not sure it's a weakness anymore. Irv Smith Jr., fully healthy out of camp talked to him the other day said it's it's the best he's felt coming out of camp has a great rapport with burrow feels really comfortable in the offense he's confident that he's going to be able to make an impact drew sample we know what he brings the team really likes him there's debate and fodder whatever you want to say whatever he's a good blocker and they use him in his role and they like him there mitch wilcox is healthy clearly they trust him to be sort of the in-between irv smith jr and, and, and drew sample And then on the practice squad, you have these two guys, one in Tanner Hudson, who I think could be the Irv Smith backup. And now you add Gentry, who you described as the Drew Sample backup. Now, I'm not saying that these five guys are world beaters, but I think as a position group, if you can keep Hudson and Gentry throughout the year on the practice squad as backups to these guys, I feel all right about the tight end spot. I think there's enough there you're talking about a guy in Gentry who's a fifth rounder. He's played in 40 games as a 40 career games, understands sort of his role. And the fact that he was willing to to come here, practice squad spot, probably didn't have a ton of options, but still the fact that he's willing to come here, I do think it does give the Bengals tight end room a boost. So call me crazy, but the fact that they swapped Devin Asiasi for essentially Tanner Hudson and then, you wait a few days and get Gentry. I like where the Bengals tight ends are at Jake. And that might've been a way too optimistic view of the Bengals tight ends room, but that's how I feel right now. The top end certainly isn't too, it's not, it's generally, maybe it's not even the top end. It's generally not too different from previous years, except we feel better about the practice squatters. Tanner Hudson was a standout throughout 
the preseason throughout training camp when he was able to go outside of the week. He lost to the concussion. Gentry, very experienced player, not too dissimilar from Asiasi, to be honest. Maybe he's more of an Asiasi replacement than anything else uh, as they opt to go in a different direction there. Familiarity with the division, something else that I think is is a big factor in his favor, has been practicing against the Steelers obviously all summer and, and for his entire career, but has seen the Browns, has seen the Ravens, so he has that going for him too. But we're talking about probably, you know, situational tight end call-ups, depending on on who they need, if they need to call up either of these guys from the practice squad, bringing a little bit of that institutional knowledge over from the Steelers as far as what they're doing on offense couldn't hurt, what they're doing on defense couldn't hurt. So you get those small upsides from this sort of practice squad signing. It is nice depth because he's an experienced player and when you have guys on your practice squad who you can call up who have played in the nfl before have seen the game speed have tons of experience under their belt you have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get that's an upside here but uh, effectively we are talking about still a practice squatter hopefully he is not needed this year and, and the bengals are blessed with tight end health but it's it's always better to have these pieces for depth than to not have them. And the Bengals have some some experience on their practice squad in a number of positions now between Mike Thomas and Sidney Jones and Zach Gentry. And, and even Tanner Hudson's been around the league now. They, they've got some experience in a number of spots on that practice squad. They do. They do. They're filling out a, a really good practice squad. And I think that uh, some of these practice squatters are going to have to contribute at some point this year. It's just the nature of the NFL. And I'm surprised. I think that the Bengals are almost taking advantage of the familiarity factor across the NFL where teams value their own. And guys like Sidney Jones, like I think Sidney Jones can play in this league for a team. And the fact that he's not elsewhere, maybe he'll get picked up next week, right, because he's a veteran. But the fact that you're able to have guys like that on your practice squad, you certainly take that all day long. All right, Jake, you mentioned in the open a mailbag question about Zach Taylor. Where can he improve this season? I think it's a good question. I think it's a fair question. I also love the fact that it's not something we spent all offseason talking about because he backed up that Super Bowl run with a heck of a run last year. And so where can he improve as this three-year run continues, what we'll call it, even though he's entering his fifth season? We will discuss that coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On Bengals is brought to you by Game Time, and they know that buying tickets to a Bengals game or whatever other event you're planning for shouldn't be stressful. It's a fast and easy way, alternative to stress, to buy those tickets for those events near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, which I love and we'll talk about more. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. The best price guarantee is phenomenal however if you find tickets in the same section and same row for less on another app game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference you don't even need to plan months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and has exclusive flash deals for tickets for name it football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more so get your tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app Create an account. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL 
for $20 off. Download game time today for last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, Jake, let's get to sort of the question of the day. And I, I think it is a fair, fair one. Hopefully he improves in a few areas. I'll pose it to you first. Where are you looking for improvement from Zach Taylor this year going into year five? And this question comes from Joe Mulford on Twitter. So shout out Joe for giving us a, a question that has been percolating in the background for a few days since we did that mailbag episode. It's actually, I think, a, a pretty difficult question because it it is begging the philosophical follow-ups of what do you expect a head coach to do and is it as a head coach that you're looking for improvement from Zach Taylor or is it as a play caller you're looking for improvement from Zach Taylor or as an offensive designer are you looking for improvement for Zach Taylor because all of those various hats and jobs are part of his purview as a Bengals head coach and he's, he's not their offensive coordinator but he is calling their plays. So as a head coach, I think he deserves a ton of credit for the culture he's created. And I think that his, his track record as, as a coach's challenger is fine. I, I thought about how he is as, in terms of challenge usage. I think it's pretty good. It's at least average in that area. I think that in terms of play calling, he's come a long way. This team has come a long way in avoiding second and long run play calls. That has been an area of criticism. Last year, they were the fourth lowest rate of calling second and long, which is second and eight plus. The way that I looked at it, second and eight plus runs. They, they got out of those. I think that was some growth. I think there's still probably a little bit of room for growth to me, James, in terms of ability or, or consistency and going for the throat in, in a few situations. Keeping the pedal to the metal not settling for field goals when a touchdown would be that much better, but a field goal maybe is good enough in a lot of cases. It's, it's that sort of thing where, you know, you think about some Chiefs games where they have blowout scores. And the Bengals had certainly some blowouts of their own last year. But if they could get that extra touchdown by keeping the, the accelerator on just a little bit longer in games, that's something that I think uh, approach-wise you could see change just a little bit more aggression at times. And I think this is something that's improved for Taylor, to be fair. Outside of that, you could talk about, you know, increasing RPO usage, which is a sign that we've seen this preseason. You could talk about screen game, which has not been good for the Bengals. I don't know how much more Zach Taylor can do about that. That might be a personnel limitation. But to me, most other criticisms of the offensive design or play calling are essentially saying, I prefer a Kyle Shanahan-style offense. Please call it that way. And that's just not the kind of offense that the Bengals are running with Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. So like those criticisms don't really work for me, asking for more motion, more play action, all this, this sort of stuff. It's just, just not the kind of offense they're running and not the kind of quarterback they have. So I'm not sure about those, but... Fourth down decision-making, I think there's a little bit of room for improvement there. And that that killer instinct, not always, but in a couple of cases, just keeping that foot down, not getting into those Denver kind of, you remember that Denver game a couple of years ago, grind it out, win 10 to three kind of games when you have this kind of offense. Well, I think that's the interesting question point about Zach now how much of that playbook is is going to be different now that this offensive line should be 
competent, above average. He has never had an above average offensive line. Neither has Joe Burrow. It's been a, we have to scheme around it. And whether they want to admit it publicly or not, that is just how it's been. Certainly during this run, but even before that, of course. And so hopefully that's not the case. Because maybe they do run a little bit of a, a little bit more play action. Maybe we saw it during OTs. Like, I, I think we could. Now, I agree the overall philosophy. They found their identity last year. And so the identity of the offense is going to look, I, I think, similar. At the same time, I, I do wonder if, if there are going to be ways he can find little wrinkles or, or just ways to, and maybe it's T. Higgins in the slot, right? That's something new, to get explosive plays downfield. Because this offensive line should be able to hold up longer. It's a pass-first team. You have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Irv Smith Jr. Like, they should hit on some explosive plays. And last year, it was tough. It was tougher to find those. It needs to be kind of a mix of what we saw in 2021 and 2022 and combine them. And, And if you do that, it's going to be one of the best offenses in team history. And I think could be the best offense in team history. I think they have that type of talent, and I don't think that's exaggerated. So what what's his next gear? I, I don't even know if it's a concern. It's just kind of curious. I'm curious to see how it plays out because I think he's had to coach at times with one hand tied to the playbook. And it was preventing half of the playbook from being opened because there are certain things he could just not call, even if they – had him installed, just can't call it. There's no way it's going to work. Kind of like the screens, right? You don't have confidence in the screens. How many five-step drops does he call it, right? Play action-wise, yeah, Burrow didn't want to necessarily turn his back to the defense. Part of that might be because the offensive line was getting him crushed the moment he did turn, and he didn't have time to analyze that defense and that secondary. So hopefully we just see this offense as a whole improve. You're right, as a a culture, all of those things – He's a player's first coach. He's got a handle on that. His assistants do an awesome job. He doesn't shy away from giving them credit, and they deserve it as well. So I don't really worry about any of that. I am curious, though, what, how they take the next step with an improved offensive line. And I think that does start with Zach Taylor, play calling, and, and just offensive scheme in general. Because I do think there's more there, and, and I'm curious to see how, how much more there is there and, and when we see it. Yeah, when I equated play action to a Shanahan offense, to be clear, I mean the under center, you know, nakeds, the, the naked boots and, and um, you know, the back to the, the, the wide zone kind of play action stuff that we never really saw the Bengals build off of their wide zone under center game or Joe Burrow wasn't very comfortable with it. We're certainly going to see, I think, more play action, more RPO game from shotgun. And, and that's going to be something we see evolve from a scheme perspective for this team this year. Another area where they need to be better, and this is where the the Chase Brown active on game day bit comes in, is can they get more explosive in the running game? Mm. Because you want to unlock explosives in the passing game. You can't just force it. You can't just say we're going to run verticals and, yeah, you can play two high shells and and keep a lid on the defense or lid on the offense the whole game. Eventually, we're just going to hit one. You can't just keep running verticals into defenses designed to take that stuff away but you punch a defense in the mouth with your running game with your power gap shotgun whatever it's going to look like you know you start chewing off six seven yards of run and sprinkle some 20 30 40 yard runs in there 
that's going to make teams put another guy in the box. Get another guy in the box, you're going to really be able to take advantage of that. I think it's going to be extremely hard for the Bengals to incentivize opposing teams to put another man in the box against their 11 personnel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge challenge. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. Look at the Chiefs last year. Teams just said, you beat us running, you beat us running. At least you're not beating us with Patrick Mahomes throwing 40-yard bombs to whoever because it doesn't seem to matter who he's throwing to and uh, might not be throwing to Travis Kelsey on Thursday. I guess we'll see. But I I think that the running game, while it is not the engine of this offense, if they can take a step there, it will make everything easier for this offense in a significant way. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's fair in the explosive part of it because they were able to find some efficiency. If you can get just some explosive runs here and there and explosive plays in general, it's going to open things up a bit. And um, I expect them to. Honestly, I do, because I think this offensive line should be able to do that. We saw Alex Kappa as a run blocker last year. I think Jonah Williams had a really great camp. And Cordell Volson and Orlando Brown Jr. should be awesome on the left side. Powerful, huge whatever you want to say on that left side, let little chase Brown. And I know he's not little, but he's little compared to those guys run behind them and, uh, and get him in the open field. And and hopefully he can be explosive. I think that running game is going to be a factor against the Cleveland Browns as well. Just from a game flow perspective, I think the running game is going to be a potential X factor in this game. And we'll dive into that a little bit more tomorrow. We're on Joe Burrow contract watch. Of course, when that happens, we will have that covered. But in addition to that, we've got crossover Thursday for the first time coming up, crossing over with lockdown Browns, getting into our first look at this Browns game before our game preview a little bit later in the week for the last episode of the week. So until then Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.